Welcome to the Bigger Pockets Money Podcast, my dear listeners. We are on Finance Friday today, where we interview Ryan and talk about the nursing industry, owning a vending machine business, and we're going to discuss where to live, a house hack versus living alone. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Mindy Jensen. And with me, as always, is my smart cookie co-host, Scott Trench. Great to be here with my baking co-host, Mindy Jensen. Scott and I are here to make financial independence less scary, less just for somebody else. To introduce you to every money story, because we truly believe financial freedom is attainable for everyone, no matter when or where you're starting. That's right. Whether you want to retire early and travel the world, go on to make big-time investments in assets like real estate, or start your own vending machine business, we'll help you reach your financial goals and get money out of the way so you can launch yourself towards your dreams. Scott, I really, really, really am excited about the conversations surrounding the vending machine business. There's a lot of other interesting conversations too today, but that vending machine has really piqued my interest. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to discussing um, uh, uh, Ryan's situation here. I think he's got uh, a fantastic uh, set of options in front of him in a very complicated situation, which is always the most fun type of problem set for us to unpack here on Finance Friday. Before we do our Finance Friday, it's time for our Money Moment segment, which is the part of our show where we share a money hack, tip, or trick to help you on your financial journey. Today's Money Moment is, do you find yourself mindlessly buying too many treats throughout the day? You go to a coffee shop to get a coffee, but then you also find yourself buying a croissant, a cookie, and ooh, that banana bread looks so good. Did you know that there are apps like Too Good To Go, Food For All, Karma, if you're abroad, that partner up with local establishments and offer discounted goods towards the end of the day. Not only will you be saving a bunch, but you'll also be helping local restaurants and cafes combat food waste. All right. If you have a money tip for us, email moneymoment at biggerpockets.com. Interest rates are sky high in 2023, and buying a rental property means you could get stuck with an 8, 9, or 10% mortgage rate. But what about a 2.99% rate with Rent to Retirement? Rent to Retirement has 2.99% seller financing available on turnkey properties. You heard that right. That's a seller financed 2.99% interest rate with an average cash flow of over $900 per month. Plus, they've got options where you can put as little as 5% down with no PMI. As the nation's leading turnkey investment company, Rent to Retirement helps investors build headache-free, high cash flow rental portfolios. And since their properties are fully turnkey, newly built or renovated, leased and managed, anyone can invest, even those who aren't into landlording. So what are you waiting for? This 2.99% rate deal won't last long. To learn more, visit renttoretirement.com. That's renttoretirement.com or text REI to 33777. Again, text REI to 33777. You're trying to close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. 
At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single-family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. Real estate investing is great, but for some, the tenant phone calls and clogged toilets aren't all that attractive. So how do you invest in real estate without getting your hands dirty? Invest for truly passive income with Pine Financial Group. Pine's mortgage fund offers an 8% preferred return and an attractive profit split, with 70% of profits going to the investors. You'll earn passive income by participating in lending to house flippers. And it's secure because senior lien holders, that's you, get paid first. Their rigorous underwriting process and the backing of the physical asset provide additional security in case of borrower default. Plus, by investing with Pine Financial Group, you contribute to the revitalization of communities by redirecting your funds from Wall Street to Main Street, supporting local economies and generating profits simultaneously. This investment is reserved for accredited investors, but if you are not accredited, Pine Financial has options for you too. Take control of your investments and secure a stable 8% annual return today. Visit pinefinancialgroup.com slash biggerpockets to learn more about the fund. That's pinefinancialgroup.com slash biggerpockets. Ryan works in the healthcare industry as a registered nurse in California. His income jumped from $50,000 in 2019 to over $200,000 in 2022. While he's now in a strong financial position, Ryan's next step is to figure out which opportunities are worth pursuing in his effort to not only optimize his financial position, but also to leverage his time. Ryan, welcome to the Bigger Pockets Money Podcast. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here and speak with both of you today. Well, let's start off the show with a little bit about you and your money situation and how you managed to jump from $50,000 to $200,000 in uh, three years, because that's... Uh... That seems like a story worth pursuing. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, yeah, I've been in the healthcare industry now for, uh, almost 10 years, you know, started in the kitchen while I was going for my like undergrad and then was a CNA for a few years uh, and started going for nursing school and finally finished my degree in 2019. So prior to that, I was working as an NA, um, in the Bay area, just 36 hours, you know, but I was doing full-time schooling at that same time. Um, and the schooling I went to, it was a little expensive, you know, had to take out a nice, uh, hundred thousand dollar <laughs> student loan for that bad boy. But I looked at like the opportunity cost of that. And the program I did was, Hey, you start and you do it in a year and you're out in a year working as a nurse. So that accelerated option really, um, seemed to weigh out to do that. Um, so yeah, finished that in 2019 and 2020, got a job in nursing, uh, literally right before COVID. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so luckily was able to get in at that time and have been working since then. And can you just confirm that uh, your your current financial situation for me to, uh, I think we provide all the numbers in advance. Let me just go through it and make sure that I have it all right here. Yeah, of course. Awesome. So we earn about $200,000 
a year. Um, and that is, uh, 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 coming in from 13, 13,000 in paycheck, basically income from, um, your, your, your job, um, the, the, the nursing job. Um, you have rent collection from your house hacking of $1,500 for the assuming two other rooms in your three bedroom house hack. Correct. Is that right? Yeah. You have a two, $2,000 vending machine operation, which I'd love to ask about and get into a little bit there. And then total expenses of $8,500 a month, which include mortgage as a big chunk of it, very reasonable grocery and eating out um, bill of $870, utilities, internet, phone, and, and streaming. I see you have tickets to the wrong um, NFC football team here in the 49ers. We're both 4-0. You know, we're going to put up a good fight yeah. this year. So, yeah. <laughs> go go Eagles. Go Birds um, on there. Love that. You're in a responsible position to be able to afford that um, with, with, with what you've got here. And about, you know, a, a number of miscellaneous things that add up to about uh, 8,500. You could clean up a few things by getting rid of the car payment, for example. Um, and we, we can talk about those, but um, I think the, there are other issues that are going to be more in the 80-20 category of propelling your, your financial situation forward on um, life decisions coming up. How am I doing on the income expenses? Do you agree with all that? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And most of those things too. Um, I definitely like pay off extra on my debts. And that's another thing I kind of wanted to speak to you guys about. You know, my mortgage, what I put down 2000 a month, my mortgage is only 1620 So I put a little extra on that, but it's a 3% mortgage. Same thing with my private student loan, you know, at three and a half percent, my payments like six seventy. I just put it up to a thousand a month just to pay a little extra on that. Uh, and it always comes to that question, like, should I be saving this instead? Or is that the best way to kind of optimize this, kind of attack it from both ends that I am putting away money, but I also want to get that debt off my back too. Awesome. Well, well, at the highest level net of what you're currently doing, you're saving about $5,000 per month, not including any bonuses or unusual extraordinary income. Is that is that right? Yeah. Okay. So you have $5,000 or $60,000 a year to play with in terms of where we can allocate it. And then, yeah, to your balance sheet, you've got about $390,000 in assets uh, around retirement accounts, 401k, 403b plans, um, a healthy amount in, in savings, um, a, sm- a small, a couple months of of of, uh, of cash and savings, about nine grand. I guess that's one month of, of expenses the way you currently have it out um, here. And then you have uh, uh, some stocks and brokerage and pension accounts. Sound right? Yeah, that's about the total of those. And you know, what is your house? What is the the house hack worth currently? Uh, as far as like what the mortgage is on the house? Yeah, how much is it worth and what's the mortgage? So it's uh, worth, I looked on, you know, a little Zillow's estimate. I was like to take the lower end and it was about $400,000. When I bought it, I bought it at uh, $280,000. So, and now I was still about two sixty five because I did refinance, pull some cash out. And then just to round out your position, I see about uh, $80, $87,000 in student loan debt. $28,000 in car car loans and $3,000 in credit card debt. Correct. Okay. So that's your financial position and, and, and a brief overview of how we got here. Uh, it sounds like the first question you had was where you should be allocating cash going forward, or are there some bigger goals you could maybe share with us about the you know things going up that would help us contextualize this and, and help out with the next phase? So I think the next phase of where I'm at, because you know I do make a, uh, a good amount of money doing what I do, but I do have two jobs that I'm working right now. I have a part-time gig and then I also have my per diem. I ended up working about 48 to 60 hours a week, which right now I love it, but there's those stressful days, right? Just like any job. Um, it's very rewarding at times, but it's very taxing at the same time. 
So it's one of those things that within the next, let's say, three to four years, I'd like to set myself up in a decent situation where uh, I wouldn't need to work as many hours where I can maybe just go down to part-time as my nursing job, still have benefits, still be contributing my 403B and everything, but have some extra income coming in on the side. Uh, but then it comes down to I do have a pretty big expense on my hand, right? I mean, 8500 a month for one person is, is a decent amount. So if I could chuck away some of the debt, is what I thought, or to just add into that um, income area and supplement through either vending machines, housing, anything like that is uh, kind of the goal to get ahead. And I will frame that here as well and just react and say, look, $2,000 of your expenses, your mortgage payment, 1500 of your current monthly um, total is going to be your federal and, and private student loan payments. Another 700 is going to be your car payment. So uh, and then you also are paying how much for credit cards here? 500 a month. So we have, what is that? That's 2,000, 2,700 in non-mortgage expense. That changes the game. It's much easier to generate $6,000 a month than 8,500 if those debts are gone, right? And then we also have another 2,000 in the mortgage, um, which may be super low interest and not worth paying off, but just as a consideration, most of your expenses going towards debt service. Yeah. So Scott, we don't have $2,000 a month in mortgage. We have $1,600 a month in mortgage and he's paying extra $400 a month. That's right. Yeah. On a 3% mortgage. If I was in Ryan's position, I would stop paying anything extra. If you still want to pay extra, put it into a savings account. So it's there in case you need it, but you're not paying off this killer 3% rate any faster than you have to. I mean, you could, I have a, a high yield savings account that's paying 4.99% interest right now. So you could be making money on it if you just put it into a bank account while still having access to it as an emergency fund. Um, but we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves. Let's look at this house and it is, you're currently house hacking. What does your house hacking situation look like? Is it a single family home or a multifamily? It is a single family home. It's a three bedroom, two bath. Uh, I bought it when I decided to go to nursing school in Sacramento. I grew up in the Bay Area, moved out here. I uh, was looking at rental prices and thought, eh, you know what? I'd rather buy a house and see if I can get some roommates for the time being. And you know, I kind of still been doing that for some time and people laugh at me at work. They're like, wait, you have two jobs. You're working so hard yet. You still have roommates. Like, what are you doing? But I honestly don't mind it. I love it. They're cool guys. We all get along really well, watch football together, play video games. So it's, it's a good environment too, everything. But yeah, it's a single family home, just three bedroom, two bath. I have the master and then they have the two other bedrooms. Okay. And you have a life-changing event coming up in the future. Yes, just a, a little bit, definitely. So still a little soon, but, you know, my, my girlfriend did find out that she is pregnant. Um, and, yeah, so that's we're looking at maybe May is when they're May. expecting the due date. So I still have a little time, but definitely, you know, the timeline will come quick. Yes, it runs very, very quick. Um, okay, so what is your girlfriend's rent? You know what? She lives at home with her family. She moved back there about a year ago. Um, okay. To, to live with her family. So right now hers is, hers is zero. And, um, yeah, her expenses are actually really low. She doesn't have much payments on a car, anything like that. So she's fortunate on that. Good. You're, you're both fortunate that you are both conscious about money. Sounds like. Yeah. No, it works really well. So. 
is the plan to have her move in with you at some time in the future, or is the plan for her to stay with her family? The plan would be for us to move in together sometime in the future. Definitely. I think it'd just be easier, of course, when raising a kid, right? Having both of us under the same roof. Um, I think it's one of those things we've talked about and said like, ah, eh, it doesn't need to necessarily be on a timeline. It's not like, oh, we need it, but it would be nice to, of course, have a house set up and established prior to, to the baby coming just so we can, you know, be a little more comfortable. Cause I know once we have that baby working, everything else, that'll be a lot of moving parts and then I'll make it a lot harder. Would the current house you live in be appropriate for that if you didn't have two roommates? Definitely. So that that's an option on the table. That is one of the options uh, that I'm thinking about on the table is that, Hey, if I cleared this out, because we said, I mean, it's a killer mortgage, right? Uh, be hard to find somewhere else that I could live for that cheap. Um, so that is one of the options that I'm considering is staying here, kicking out the roommates um, and turning one of them into a nursery and then her moving into here. Okay. Awesome. What's another option you're considering for housing? Cause that to me seems like the way to go. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm leaning heavy towards that way. The other way I'm thinking is, you know, housing prices out here aren't too crazy. Some are right, but you could still get in a place for four to $500,000 in a pretty good neighborhood. And I've thought about like getting a place that, you know, I could put a little work into and uh, rehab it and bring some uh, value to that place um, and still get into it. But now the question is I'm going from a 3% $260,000 mortgage to a seven plus percent $400,000 mortgage, which the payment will be like 3000 plus a month. So that would really hurt what I'd be able to invest per month. But then on the other hand, I've thought I can also cash flow this place for a good 900 to a thousand dollars a month. If I rented this place out, walk me through how that would work. What, what would be the rents when you moved out? So, you know, I actually have spoken to my roommates, one of the roommates about this and said, Hey, if the chance comes that I moved out, um, they both do want to stay. Um, so they would just have to start paying the, the utilities for this portion. I told them that's the only thing that would change for them. And then one of them wants to move into the master bedroom. So if I did the master bedroom for a thousand and the other two rooms for 800 a piece, I'm looking at about 2,600. So I'm right around a thousand dollars, uh, cash flowing off this property. Okay. So they're paying utilities and you're getting 2,800, 2,600 in rent and your mortgage principal interest taxes insurance is, is about 1620 something, 1630. Yeah. I would bake it an allowance for vacancy for maintenance for all those other things to the tune of probably 500 bucks annually or 500 bucks a month, um, somewhere in that, in that ballpark, um, total. And then, you know, you'd also have to factor in property management, but yes, you have a cash flowing property in that situation, not a ton, but a good amount. So this is a good, yeah. good, good deal here with that, uh, um, that mortgage based on my napkin math. But then his expenses go up significantly. Right. And that's where it is. My, the, my mortgage would dang near double. So that was one option. Another option I'm considering is uh, a duplex option. That might be a little more money, but at least I could pull in half the rent from one side. So that'd be somewhat of a house hacking and um, doing that. But that would also be in the hopes that four to five years from now, interest rates drop, which we don't know. We don't have a crystal ball to see where that will be going. You know, just in general, you have the option to leave the house 
and have it be a cash flowing asset. You could literally move anywhere in the world in theory, and it would be a cash flowing rental property if you left it. So that gives us lots of options there, not just limited to a similar house with a $400,000 mortgage or, or a duplex, but it's a good option. You have a good buy here, uh, a good property, in my opinion, here um, on, on this one. Remember when you had to pay to get a Leeds phone number? It was like the dark ages until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right. Get high quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do not call list. Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com BP. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com BP. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago, before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my 9-to-5 job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. What if I told you that I, Mindy Jensen, the queen of budgeting, the personal finance fanatic, sometimes forgot to cancel my subscriptions? I know it's horrible. $10 here, $15 there. My useless subscription bills could have taken my whole family out to dinner multiple times. Rocket Money can make all that subscription sadness suddenly vanish. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. You can see all your subscriptions in one place and cancel money-sucking subscriptions with a tap. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash bpmoney. That's rocketmoney.com slash bpmoney. rocketmoney.com slash bpmoney. Saving for a down payment, a wedding, or just looking for extra money to invest? Monarch Money turns your budgeting woes into wins. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best budgeting app overall. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts 
investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash pockets. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it easy to manage your money like a pro. Add a partner or family member to your account for no extra cost. So combined finances become a breeze. Customize your budgets and notifications, set up automatic rules for transactions, and more. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash pockets. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash pockets for your extended 30-day free trial. I want to go back a second, though, to the vending machine operation. This is not an insignificant part of your situation. And how do we get to a place where we're getting $2,000 a month in net cash flow from this business? Uh, no, that is gross. That is gross. So it's about $1,000 a month. Um, and, you know, this is, I'm still pretty new to this. Um, being on night shift, you know, we have some time to read some books. So I read uh, Rachel Richards' book, uh, Passive Income, Aggressive Retirement, and just different options you can have from to make some, you know, passive income. And I thought, oh, this vending machine idea sounds pretty good. So I called around, got a hold of a gentleman, and um, he sold me a couple that I put into my gym. And I had those for a little over a year now. And then, you know, just keeping a good relationship with them. And I know I've heard you guys mention this too, that there's becoming this population of aging adults that may not have children or anyone to pass their business down to. Well, he ended up telling me, hey, uh, I – know this lady who wants to sell her vending machines would you be interested in buying some of her vending machines so he connected me with her and so far this year i've bought two of them that do about a thousand dollars a month um two locations between the two they do about a thousand dollars a month i just bought another one from her that does about seven hundred dollars a month and then we're looking at buying another one this next month that does about eight hundred dollars a month so from that money i've been kind of taking my profits and kind of just recycling it back into the business right now. What are you buying these vending machines for? Uh, so the first one, she did it for about uh, half of the year's gross income on those. So if, if they did $12,000, she sold me it for $6,000 for that first location. The next one, same thing. So it's six months uh, gross sales. So you got a year payback on these things and then you own the, the machine free and clear or you're, you're back in the money. Basically you're buying them in cash. You're not, you're not financing these and they're just immediately starting to put essentially a hundred percent annualized cash flow back in your pocket. Correct. So first one I bought cash. Uh, the second one, she said, Hey, you know, I don't mind just since she has the card reader on it. She said, we'll just keep this card reader going in my name and we'll write it off until you pay 0% inch. So I'm like, Hey, we'll do that. So I just basically stock and vend that one. I get the cash portion, she gets the credit card portion, and then at the beginning of the year, we'll look at how much that'll be. So that's pretty cool, too, because I basically get, you know, double up my income because so, uh, basically you put $200 in the machine, you get 400 kicked out. So it's pretty cool to be able to. I, I, I really like this. So let's keep going down, down, down this track. Uh, yeah, I've got so many questions. How, how, what's, the, what's the work of stock in a vending machine? How, how much are you putting t time are you putting into uh, 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 for these three machines currently? Yeah, so actually right now we have uh, four locations, uh, seven machines. Oh, okay. Sorry, my, my apologies. Yeah, there. no, no. But um, yeah, so with those, I have the one at my gym. You know, I check on that about once a week. But doesn't mean I have to service it every week. I at least have my eyes on that one. Um, and that one, I mean, it takes me probably 30 minutes to load it up. 
when I do go and load it, given that no problems come up and arise from that. Um, I have one down the street that's my busiest one. It's 10 minutes from my house, and that one I load up weekly, and it takes me about another 20 to 30 minutes to load that one. So altogether, with making the runs to the stores and everything, I'd say I probably spend less than 12 hours a month on it right now. Okay, I, I really like this. I like this a lot better than a duplex, uh, frankly, right Same. now um, uh, in, your, in your situation. Same, because if you go to a vending machine and you're like, oh, everything's out, whatever, you just find another vending machine. If you go have a duplex and the power goes out or the furnace goes out, you have to fix that right away. So once you have a baby, as somebody who has had a baby, um, they're a lot of work. <laughs> a lot of time. They're a whole lot of work. I really like the vending machines. You mentioned that she has more to sell. Does she still have more to sell? Oh, yeah. So, you know, just casually the other day, because I was mentioning to her, and she said, you know, in this warehouse that she she has it all in, all her supplies. And she said, yes, push about $400,000 worth of product out of this. I'm like, oh, that's not a small little amount that she's she's selling out there. And she's 71, 72, and has kind of mentioned to me that she is looking for one person to buy most of her accounts. Um and she wants someone that's like, it's her baby, right? So, and this you is where I'm need... at. And this is where I'm trying to understand and be like, hey, that this is your baby. What can I do to care for this thing, right? Um, and I've kind of showed for her that I, I am interested in the business um, and have been trying to put a lot of time and effort in into that relationship. So she does have another one that she had mentioned at a casino and does uh, about – $3,500 a month in sales, gross sales. So that's another one that could be coming up within this year. So within by the next year, I think I could get up to over $100,000 of sales, uh, gross sales in these. So that'd be 50000 you know. So let me, let me just zoom back out and, and, and point with a couple of observations about your holistic situation now that we're a couple minutes in the conversation here. So f first, your expenses, if you – actually, I have one more question here before I do that. When I'm looking at your expenses, are you paying more than you need to on any debts besides the mortgage? Yeah. So the mortgage, I pay an extra 300. My student loans for my private one, I pay an extra 300. For my federal one that just started this month, I pay an extra two and some change. Um, and then on my car payment, I pay extra on those. So all my debts, basically, I, I take a little chunk out of each of them. So that's what I'd say. Like, there's at least, like, if I just went down to my minimum payments on all those, um, it'd be about a thousand less than what I spend per month. Perfect. Okay. So we had $5,000 a month, $60,000 a year prior to this conversation of of cash flow. But if you were to go to the minimums, which would be totally reasonable in your situation, you could accumulate up to $72,000 in cash in the next 12 months. And the question then is where, where do we deploy that cash best? Well, the vending machine is a no brainer here. If, if you're able to do this now, it'll eventually start conflicting with your job. So you got to figure out like, okay, I would encourage you to potentially trial with a couple of the vending machines. Hey, can I get somebody else to do this for me and sit on that for six months and see how that goes? It'll cost you money in the near term, but it'll prove out whether you can actually scale this business and operate it once um, the owner you know, uh, allows you to, to completely take over, adopt her, uh, her baby here in the vending machine business. So that, that I think is a super important kind of test because you will not be able to run 50 vending machines while also making 200K a year uh, at your day job. That will just be completely untenable. 
So you got to figure out that's its problem. But if you can solve that problem profitably, this is a gold mine. This is a great potential opportunity. And then the second observation is, okay, so we have $72,000 a year, give or take, in after-tax cash generation. Where do we deploy? And by the way, you're also contributing to your 403B and 401k, right? How much are you contributing annually to those? Uh, so I already maxed out my 403B for this year. I just kind of front load it. I do 20% from both jobs. Um, so I pay, get that paid off by about, um, June, July time. And how much, how much total? So I did 22,500 or 22,000. Okay. So we got another, let's call it $14,000 after taxes that we could deploy if we were to stop that. And I'm not saying you should, I'm just saying, I'm just framing this up. We have close to a hundred thousand dollars in liquidity you can generate in the next 12 months. Um, if you were to make the minimum payments and not fund those plans. And then you have a choice about where to deploy that here. You can pay off the debt, you can buy more vending machines, um, or you can invest in the next real estate project, essentially are the three options that we've discussed here. Is there another one or other options that we should be considering with this cash? Uh, no, I think you kind of did. I mean, or, you know, instead of paying off the debts, just kind of focus more on my um, brokerage account or after tax or just savings, right? Build up a nice um, emergency fund, I think would be a, a good goal to have. I'm, I'm going to frame a, a bias I have and you can confirm if this is correct or not. Okay. But with, with nursing, I've seen salaries skyrocket for many folks in the last couple of years. Like $200,000 seems very high um, uh, from an income perspective from, for, for, from, uh, uh, for nurses, especially relative to a couple of years ago, right? You saw a four X increase. Is that likely to continue long-term first question? And second, do you want to be doing that long-term? You know what? I do love nursing. Um, I work at my main job. I'm pediatrics. I work with kids all day and families, and it's just a great experience overall. Um, very rewarding, very, very fun to do. Right. So uh, that's something that I would see myself continuing to do. And I put myself in a position where this last year I took a part-time position there. Um, and that was nice because now it's like, okay, cool. My obligation here, if, if I decided to quit my other job, I don't have to work 24 hours a week here, but there's always these options to work more, right? Two days a week. That's not bad. Um, but it is, it could be a very stressful job. Now, as far as like the income going up, uh, I think California's for whatever reason, a little, different on nursing's pay, right? Because I've heard a big discrepancy. I remember when I was first in nursing school, I was looking at moving to Florida and then I saw, oh, Florida nurses only make 60,000 a year. I'm like, I'm a nursing assistant making 50. Like I'm not going <laughs> to move out there, right? So that is one benefit. And I think Sacramento is kind of one of those areas where uh, because we're so close to the Bay Area, we get pretty close to comparable to Bay Area wages for nurses. Uh, but we have a little bit lower of cost of living than the Bay Area. So that's kind of like a good good spot to be like, I feel like, for nurses. Um, and then it also is, I mean, our base salary is probably about 150, 130 to 150,000. And then just with my extra job working extra, it brings it up to 200 plus. Awesome. Okay. So so you're, you're, you're happy with the situation. You think it's likely to continue. You, it sounds like it, it sounds like pieces of this are coming together in my mind. Like you'd love to work 24 hours a week. What does that allow you to do in the next 16 hours a week? Uh, is there a side business that could be highly lucrative that you could pursue um, with that time? Uh, that's highly synergistic with other parts of your life. And then, and then again, we have this it, again. I'm, I'm calling it a hundred thousand dollars in cash to play with in a uh, in an all in state. You may not choose to do that. But I, I think that 
a, a potential next step I would explore is to sit down with this business owner and say, here's my situation. And I'm really excited about this opportunity. I want to, I want to keep doing this, but I can devote 15 hours a week starting next month to this business. If there were the right opportunity, would there be an opportunity to earn either cash compensation for that or essentially earn into new vending machines, uh, with, by, by operating them for you, uh, and eventually put myself in position to, to, to seriously take over this business in this situation. If you were to pursue that angle, that would make your housing situation fairly clear. Roommates, it's been a fun ride. Hope to see you at the next 49ers game, but we're going to move in here and we're not going to do another house hack, uh, with, with, by assuming more debt. And that's going to allow me to, uh, to, to go all in on, uh, or, or to, to allocate at least more of my, my resources towards, um, um, this business. No, I think that's where I'm at definitely with that. Uh, I think I'm just the type that's always kind of like have my hands in all pots or kind of, you know, Go, go, go with everything. But I also realized like with a kid coming on the way, I'm going to have to be at home a little more and I'm not going to be able to do these 60 plus hours a week gone, you know, all the time like this, uh, going forward. So I think that would give me that option to have a little more flexibility in the life with that and maybe not taking out that mortgage right now. Um, yeah, cause I think that is a good option. Cause like you said, I mean, the, the best situation I have right now would be to stay here and that would keep my expenses low because if I went into another property right now, I'm taking my, what my expenses, what from 7,000 to now they're going to be up to 10, 12,000 <laughs> with everything included, which would be yeah, a little too much. I didn't like that option before I heard about the vending machine. <laughs> Now that I know about the vending machine, I like that option even less because you're increasing your expenses for not really. I mean, you're now your expense, your housing expenses are going to be $3,000, but you're going to make $900 a month. You're still paying more. Um, I like staying and you can always buy another house down the road. Like maybe next year she decides to retire, gives you her entire vending machine business at 0% mortgage. And you're making so much money that you quit your nursing job and you just do vending machine full time. Then you can go buy a hundred houses or whatever. But uh, right now I would pay nothing extra on any of these debts that you have because the interest rate is so low and Instead, I would hoard cash for the next vending machine opportunity. If she's got op- if she's offering a 0% interest, take that. That's awesome. But also having the cash available and letting her make the decision, you know, oh, I would love to take this as a 0% payment, you know, but I also have the cash available if that's better for you. So she knows that you're a solid bet instead of somebody who is not able to fund the purchase. Maybe she needs the $12,000 or whatever. Um, I would also start thinking about pulling back on working so much at the day jobs because you have to work 11 days a month. I want to disagree with this one point on Mindy's behalf here. I think you grind as hard as you can until baby comes. And then you start pulling back on that because this is a time to rack up a ton of cash which can only fortify your position um, going into into baby's birth uh, th- uh, there. I was going to say as the baby gets closer. But yeah, I mean, you're making a ton of money right now and the vending machine isn't making a ton of money right now. So yes, but then as the baby comes, like I said before, spoiler alert, that baby's going to be a lot of work. Um, 
And is your girlfriend working currently? And does she plan to continue working after the baby comes? So the plan, she works uh, in the hospital as well. So that's the good part that, you know, if I went just to my part-time and she was there full-time, uh, she does three twelves. I do two twelves. That's five days a week. We still have two days off together and we could like make that work. But we have what we have mentioned and talked about too, um, which I think we're really leaning towards. She's a nursing assistant right now. And, you know, hey, we just said same thing. A couple years of schooling, a few years of schooling, you could literally triple your income. Um, so I think our option for her will be, you know, stay at home with the baby for at least six months, see if she could go to per diem at the job we're at right now. Um, and that way she does have that little bit more flexibility. And then if I have to work a little more to help cover everything, do that, then that maybe we'll, we'll need to come to. But- How are you going to handle finances once you move in together? Is she going to contribute to rent in the household budget? Is that going to, in effect, reduce the costs that we see in your budget here to some degree? You know, I, I would, we talked about that and I think it's just like we always say, right? With, with the income disparities between us and everything, I think it would just come down to maybe, hey, pay some of the utilities. If you can get, you know, internet and uh, gas electricity, then I'll, I'll get the rest. Um, if we could find some way to kind of balance it out with that. So there will be, but I wouldn't expect her like, hey, split half of everything with me, you know, just, uh, yeah, just a little help out with that. But it all depends, right? I'm very flexible to taking it all to my, paying it all myself if, especially she's focusing on school. So yeah, as far as expenses, I would think mine would be about the same as far as housing costs and everything. Okay. So, so again, just popping back out here for the high level observations, you've got the potential to unlock about a hundred thousand dollars in after-tax liquidity on an annualized basis. Uh, that could go towards your savings account. It could go towards vending machines. It could go towards debt. It could go towards uh, investments in, you know, a tax advantage retirement accounts and then your brokerage account, or it could go towards the purchase of your next property, which could be a fixer upper or a secondary house hack. Of those, my personal preference and favorite based in this discussion is to set that aside into savings, into cash that is liquid and, and feel out over the next several months in particular, just how serious of an opportunity there is to scale and move into this vending machine business that's already been so promising. Um, uh, on, on that front, if it doesn't work out, you can always use that cash to then pay off debt early or put it into the retirement account, or you can prefund, uh, your, uh, uh, retirement accounts like you did last year. I would bust it for the next six, seven, eight months, uh, until baby comes and really try to get as many hours as possible because this is the time to, to, to build up that cash position there. Um, and you're going to be great, grateful for it. Uh, I think when, once baby arrives, if, the vending machine business is not a viable option, then real estate's not ruled out. It's just harder. And you're going to need to buy a property that really has a lot of value add potential and, you know, take some lessons from Mindy and Carl here for that live and flip component still could be a viable option. You'll still want the cash in that scenario, right? That would be an option that I would also be uh, fairly interested in. After that, I think I I would, I would then favor if, again, if, if for some reason the vending machine business does not work out and there's not uh, really the opportunity that we think is there. And you say, you know what, I'm just not going to mess around with the housing thing. I don't want to take on that level of debt and and risk, Not even though maybe you know I, I could go for it there. Then I would think about, okay, I'm not going to really have a math problem here. How can I just simplify my life? And I would, I would go Dave Ramsey snowball um, in that scenario and just knock out these debts, right? I get everything but the mortgage paid off 
And that'll be a freeing thing. It'll give you more options a year or two from now. And you could, you could knock that out within a two-year period. It would be slightly inefficient. The math wouldn't work as well in your spreadsheet, but you might pop up in, two, in a year and a half with a lot of really good options there, a really high spread between your income and your expenses and a really low cost of living um, with your housing situation. So that would be my order of, of, of operations coming out of this this discussion um, based on that. And it sounds like you're, you were largely agreed, at least with I, I, item one there as a fun one to explore. Yeah, no, I think, I think you're right on that one that, you know, keeping my expenses as low as possible right now, kind of uh, put my head down and just grinding for the next few months. And then um, I think that'll be my big goal though, is because every time I see something in my checking account, I just happen to, Oh, let me throw more towards my brokerage or, you know, more towards the debts. And maybe I should just, it's okay to have that just sitting in the savings account, you know? I really want to go start my own vending machine business now, Scott. <laughs> I want to go connect with this lady, except I don't want to run them in California. So I have to go find somebody in the Longmont area. If you've got a Longmont vending machine business that you're looking to sell, reach out to Mindy at biggerpockets.com. Um, no, I think you've got a lot of really great options. I mean, <laughs> You could just not do anything and continue to work the $200,000 a year job that you love. Who gets that option? <laughs> I mean, we didn't even discuss that option yet. Just stick to what you're doing and that's a good choice. You like your job and it pays well. Gosh, what a hardship. You know, it does, but there's those days, you know, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a taxing, it's a taxing job. So that's another reason that I'm like, okay, I don't mind working hard now, but I definitely don't want to be continuing to do this 10 years yeah. from now. Yeah. So that's, yeah. Like you said. There's a lot of great options out there. Um, and I mean, I love the vending machine option. I do think that a conversation with this woman is, needs to be done. So she knows that you're serious. She knows that you're saving up cash for it. And I would also add to that conversation, ask her what her timeline is. You know, has she thought about a timeline? You know, she's looking to sell in the next year, in the next five years. That'll give you some guidance too. Do you need to save up a hundred thousand dollars in the next year? Or do you need to start looking into getting a loan for a million dollars because she owns 500,000 vending machines and wants you to buy them, you know, by the end of the, by the end of 2025? You know, there's, there's, uh, you know, just, just feeling her out and, and letting her know, reiterating your interest and, you know, whatever I can do to help you. Do you have any problems that I can solve? Um, you know, can, can get you really, really far. You're not just in it for the money. You're, I mean, you are, but you're also like helping her as well. So, um, yeah, I'm excited about that though. And I'm as much as I love real estate, I'm not excited about the idea of you moving out. Well, great. Is this, is this, uh, answer your questions that you came in with today, Ryan? Oh, that was perfect. You know, that was perfect. I was thinking more of the options of, of the housing of what to do with that. But I think that was turned a whole nother way. It's like, nope, forget about the housing thing. Let's talk about this vending machine and this opportunity for a business, uh, going forward. And, you know, I really liked where this did and it, uh, yeah, solidified some of the thoughts that I already had. Yeah. And awesome. And you'll know within six months to a year if the opportunity is real or not. And if it's not, then you just have a pile of cash that you can then deploy right back to your plan B, you know, your, 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 the strategy you came in with today and those biases. So no harm there, except a couple of months of lost opportunity cost. Um, but I think that's worth it in this situation. I'm, I'm excited. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. And we hope you have a great rest of your week and I'm excited for you as your family gets started coming up in 2024. 
Thank you very much. And thank you for having me on here. It was a pleasure talking to you both. And thank you for the advice. Appreciate it. All right, Scott, that was Ryan. And that was a fabulous set of problems. I really enjoyed hearing about his situation. I think he's got a good set of uh, things that he's got to choose from. I love that vending machine idea. Yeah. And, and, and you know, I want to call it a couple of things here, right? Yes. Ryan earns a $200,000 income, but three years ago, he was earning a $50,000 income and went back and got his, his, uh, a two-year degree to increase that income from 50 to $200,000 a year. So this is not, you know, a high powered tech job or whatever. This is something that I think, um, you know, is relatable and achievable by other, other folks, um, to, who want to go down that path and that, t- that type of career here. Um, so really, really impressed with his decision making and how he got to this position. The big options and the big, the big decisions that he's he's created for himself with the career choice that he's made, with the house hack that he put himself into um, here at a great low interest rate mortgage with a couple of roommates. That's going to give him the option to either cash flow it um, after he moves out, or um, you know say goodbye to his wonderful roommates and have a very low, very affordable cost of living situation when. Uh, um, his baby comes. So love all that. And then not to mention the big one, the vending machine business. Yes. The growing vending machine business, which I think is the real winner here. So I'm super excited for that. I hope he stays in touch and not only sends us baby pictures, but also shares with us the success of his vending machine and what happens when he emails or not emails, when he talks to the woman with all of the vending machines in the area. I'm super excited for that conversation for him. Yeah, Mindy, I think I think we're going to see more stories like Ryan's of people finding opportunity in this space. The the opportunity in the small business category, stuff that we talked about in the past year, stuff that Cody Sanchez is a, is a big expert in and Alex Hormozzi and some of these other experts um, I talk about, there's real opportunity there uh, and and not enough people buy in a lot of these small businesses that are, that are coming down. And, you know, if you're, if you're, if you have the ability to accumulate enough for a down payment on a rental property, you may also have enough to, to begin being a serious contender in some of the purchases of these types of business opportunities. And I'd encourage you to keep an eye out for, for both of those. Absolutely, Scott. All right. Should we get out of here? Let's do it. First, let's say thank you to our listeners for listening to our show. We appreciate you. And please join us in our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash BP money to continue conversations like this and others where we're talking about money and all sorts of other things. We would love to join to have you join us. All right. That wraps up this episode of the Bigger Pockets Money Podcast. He is Scott Trench and I am Mindy Jensen saying be fair, little bear. If you enjoyed today's episode, please give us a five star review on Spotify or Apple. And if you're looking for even more money content, feel free to visit our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash biggerpocketsmoney. Bigger Pockets Money was created by Mindy Jensen and Scott Trench. Produced by Kaylin Bennett. Editing by Exodus Media. Copywriting by Nate Weintraub. Lastly, a big thank you to the Bigger Pockets team for making this show possible. The market is changing and finding your way can be tricky. Rates shift, headlines whirl, but your goal hasn't changed. You want financial freedom and the best investors know it's not about timing the market. It's about time in the market. If you're ready to get into real estate investing or take it to the next level, finding an investor-friendly agent is your next step. With the Bigger Pockets Agent Finder, you can find the right agent in minutes. 
Just head to biggerpockets.com slash deals. Enter a few details about what and where you want to buy and boom, instantly matched with an investor-friendly agent who fits the bill. These local market experts can help you navigate the neighborhoods, analyze the numbers, and take action with confidence once and for all. This free resource is only available at biggerpockets.com slash deals. Get an agent, get the deal, and get closer to financial freedom at biggerpockets.com slash deals. That's biggerpockets.com slash deals to find your investor-friendly agent today. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all host and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. Bigger Pockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.